Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. And Happy New Year. It is a brand new year. We have, uh, you know, turned the page on the calendar. If you haven't done that already, now is the time. Uh, we are still in the midst of the 12 days of Christmas, so it's totally fine. Totally 100% fine to still have your wise men still seek him yard sign to, you know, have that nativity scene fully engaged. I'm, I'm good with all of that. Um, I will confess that here at the LaBerge home, um, I have almost completely de-Christmased, de-Christmased, I don't know, taken it all down. I think it's de-Christmatized. De-Christmatized. Thank you, Try Paul. That. Yeah, That's like Paul that. Perot. Yeah. Melodious I, voice in the melodious. Morning, Paul Perot, my wonderful partner in this gospel ministry called Mornings with Carmen. For those of you joining us for the very first time, I am Carmen LaBerge. This is Mornings with Carmen. Paul Perot is the producer, and every morning, um, 6 a.m. Central, we get together for a couple of hours here on the Faith Radio Network. So however you're listening on the Faith Radio app or streaming at MyFaithRadio.com, maybe God has led you this morning to one of our um, actual like radio signals across the country. However you have uh, been brought here by the Lord, good morning. Good morning. Thrilled to be here with you. Um, what do we do here on Mornings with Carmen? Well, we are walking together in a journey of discipleship as um, as disciples of Jesus, and we're seeking to grow actively in our faith, and we're seeking to share the good news of the gospel with more and more people. It's it's our heart's desire that the good news would be advanced always and then always today, and that means through you, in you, by you, um, on your behalf, and through you as an ambassador of the king and the kingdom. That's that's what we're doing. That's who we are. We bring the mind of Christ to bear on the matters of the day. So whatever's going on, we want to see what God has to say about that and how God's word could be actively applied to that in our life. And one of the very first things that we do every day is we examine um, this question, where in the word are you today? Where in the word are you today? Yes, there's two ways to ask that question. Where are you in Christ, the one who is the living word of God? Like, let's be sure we're found in Christ today. Let's be sure we're abiding in him. He is the vine, um, and we want to be actively integrated into Christ as the, the one who is the living word of God. And then we want to ask the question about the Bible. Where are you in the Word today? Where in the Word are you today? And there we're talking about the Bible. And every single day, we lead off with the growing your faith verse of the day. And and you say to yourself, well, where do I get that? Well, you could sign up for it at myfaithradio.com, and it will be in your email inbox. Um, or 
you can listen, and we're going to talk about it every single day here on Mornings with Carmen. So today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day comes from Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, we are going to memorize this verse together. That's right. We are going to memorize this verse together today. So Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. And you say to yourself, I don't, I don't know, it's been a long time since I memorized a verse of Scripture. All right, well, let's do it. Let's do it together. It's, it's a, this is a simple verse. It has a wonderful cadence, which means um, God has constructed this verse of Scripture in such a way that it's, it's actually designed to be memorized and then to be lived. So let's do that. Jeremiah 6.16. Here's a a great way to do this, um, by the way. Just repeat these things as I say them. Doesn't matter where you are. Could be, you know, laying in your bed. Could be standing in your bathroom. Could be driving down the road. Could be milking a cow. I don't really care. Let's say it all together. Jeremiah 6.16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. So repetition is um, one of the most effective ways to memorize something. So now you're going to repeat each line after me. Jeremiah 6.16, this is what the Lord says. Jeremiah 6.16, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. And you will find rest for your souls. And then you say each line in, um, in you know, as a couplet with the next verse, with the verse that follows it. So now we're going to do it. Jeremiah 6.16, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Jeremiah 6.16, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. And then you do the entire verse. Jeremiah 6.16, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. My friend, this is actually how our minds and our lives will be renewed this year. Um, each one of us, you're going to get, you get to get, make a choice. In every moment of every day, you're going to get to make a choice. Are you going to be in the Word of God, in Christ Jesus, and in the Word of God, the, the Old and the New Testaments? Are you going to be in the Word of the Lord, standing together, asking God to reveal Himself in His ways, and then Walk together in it. That's what's happening in Jeremiah 6.16. The people of God are standing together at a crossroads and they're looking around and they're asking God, reveal the ancient paths, reveal the way, the, the capital W. Ask God where the good way is and walk in it. Who and who do we know is the good way? The way and the truth and the life. His name is Jesus and he is the one who gives us rest for our souls. I want your weary soul 
to find rest in 2024. So let's seek God together. And then having found him, let us walk in the way everlasting. Are you with me? I hope so. Welcome to 2024, the year of the Lord's favor. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Our friend Nick Pitts is going to join us next, and we're going to talk about resolutions. Nick Pitts is back with us. He's a fellow at the Institute for Global Engagement. You can find what he's thinking about at thebriefing.net. Good morning, Nick. Happy New Year. Good morning to you, Carmen. Happy, happy New Year. Um, Okay, I stayed up late enough to know that um, Michigan beat Alabama. I understand that you stayed up late enough to report on the second NCAA football game that was going to determine who is going to play for the national championship. So who won the game between um, Washington and the University of Texas? The Huskies triumphed over the Longhorns to the detriment of the state of Texas and Big 12 country and future SEC country. Uh, just, just shattering hopes and dreams for so many of us. What a, what an incredible two games yesterday. And I don't know if I stayed up or if I just haven't gone to bed yet, but here we are, uh, just another exciting year and just two incredible games that has captivated a national audience to say the least. People, it is Tuesday. I don't know how that happened already, but today is Tuesday and it's already the 2nd of January. Um, And so we are thrilled to have our friend Nick Pitts back with us. Nick, a lot of people make resolutions. It's a it's a practice that people engage in at the beginning of a new year or lots of people do. So, um, you know, I would just ask each person listening right now, like, have you made resolutions in the past? Are you a resolution maker? Did you make a resolution this year? Like I'm sort of in the why or why not conversation. So. What um what as Christians might we think about or how might we engage in this conversation about what we are going to be resolved to be and do in 2024? Yeah, it's so interesting. You know, so Carmen, uh, there was a study that came out that identified that of those that make resolutions, only 1% actually achieve them by year end. So it's just, just a very minuscule amount. And there's a, there's a variety of reasons for that, right? But I think what there's a there was another study out of Ball State that identified there's four factors that cause us not to be able to achieve resolutions. And one of those four factors is this idea of you need to feel a sense of urgency more than a sense of tradition when making a resolution. Um, it's one thing to make a resolution just because that's the, traditionally what you would do, but resolutions are, are more likely to succeed if there's a sense and a need for change that you have rather than a sense of tradition, right? And so traditions obviously are one, then there's the unseen challenges, taking into account that there are going to be obstacles when you're making resolutions and trying to understand where those challenges and obstacles are. Uh, Three being this idea of you need to celebrate. You raise your Ebenezer, right? You in small chunks, don't necessarily celebrate only when you achieve it. Celebrate the small little wins, or as the biblical narrative, as I just alluded to, raise those Ebenezers when you get those small little victories. And then finally, there's just the accountability piece. We know that uh, plans fail for lack of counselors, uh, right? Um, uh, having individuals come around you and hold you accountable, which ties us back into the biblical narrative. Uh, I've always heard it uh, say, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, right? 
and uh, uh, that's kind of a, a synonymous with this idea of resolutions or we're make, making plans without God. But I've always found the tension of I want to make space and I want to make plans. I want to make space for where God might redirect where I want to go. But I also want to make plans because I realized from Proverbs 7, I want to be the ant. The ant is contrasted in Proverbs 7 with the sluggard. The sluggard is the person that's staying in bed. He's slumbering uh, throughout the day. This person's just kind of twiddling away. And as we know, the devil's playground is our idle hands. Whereas the ant is preparing for the harvest. The ant is preparing for whatever uh, uh, the environment might per, uh, might present him or herself. And I want to be, be like an ant. And so when I'm making my plans, when I'm making these resolutions, I want to keep in mind these four factors, the idea that there might be obstacles, the lack, the be sure there's accountability, to celebrate the small wins. I want to make sure that there's a sense of urgency. I want to make plans that align me well with how God has gifted me and the community he's put me in. But I also want to make space for knowing that, you know what, God might have different plans for me like he had for Paul, like he had for David, like he had for Psalm. He might have different plans, but that's okay because I'm like the ant and I want to be adaptable. Mm. I um I remember a conversation, this goes back a number of years, and the the conversation about resolutions for Christians really being a um a question of a decision. And so you can, you can have, you can sort of like make the big decision, right? I am going to follow Jesus. I am going to be a Christian. But then moment by moment, you have to decide. You have to decide in a given moment, you know, am I going to walk in the way of Christ? You know, will my yes be yes in terms of the things that I have um, resolved to do as a Christian? Um, is my, you know, am I renewing my mind um, or am I just being conformed to the world? Um, and I, I think that for for Christians, it's, I mean, yeah, there is, you know, there's the big resolution that you make, like, right, I am resolved to follow, to follow Christ, to be a Christian. But then moment by moment, there's the decision. There's the decision that I make whether or not I'm going to cooperate actively with the Holy Spirit at work within me or am I going to, you know, sort of like a horse, you know, I'm going to try to have my own head. I'm going to try to go my own way. I'm going to try to, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be resolved in walking in the way of Christ, but instead walking in the ways of the world. So I think that for Christians, there's, as you point out, like, you know, there is the decision to be made um, that we're resolved to follow Christ. But then every single moment of the day, you have a new opportunity um, to, to be resolved in your Christian, um, in your Christian walk. So I, oh, yeah. it's just such a helpful conversation. It's, it, it, I, I couldn't help but think about Eugene, Eugene Peterson, right? And his classic mm. line, a long obedience in the same direction. It's a, it's a small decision by a small decision. Like when I wake up in the morning, wh- what am I giving my first fruits to? What, what's getting my attention to start the day? And then moment by moment, recognizing that there could be a little Zacchaeus in the tree if, I, if I'm aware of what God wants to present to me on my path that he's ordained before the foundations of the world. I am keenly aware. You know, there's the phrase, you only live once. But I'm keenly aware that you only live once. But if you do it right, once is enough. Uh, like I, 
uh, God has given us a beautiful gift that is life. He has given us, but no next moment is guaranteed. And I want to make sure that this gift that he's given me, I don't take it for granted. And I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to live into the fullness that he's given to me so that my joy can be made complete and his glory can just shine out through me, whether it's at work, whether it's at the grocery store, whether it's at the gym, whether it's I'm, I'm mourning the loss of Alabama and Texas, the two teams I was rooting for. I want to make sure that I'm giving everything that I got to him and I'm keenly aware of what he wants to do through me in those circumstances as well. All right, we're going to pivot in our conversation with Nick Pitts and we're going to take up um, the issue of gambling, um, sports gambling in particular here in the United States of America. Are you aware that gambling addiction is now um, I, I just massively on the rise among teenagers and those in their early 20s. Helplines are being overwhelmed. Treatment clinics are grappling with an influx of, of very young gambling addicted patients. Um, so what's going on with gambling and why in the United States of America are we actually actively killing our own young people? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Maybe you've heard that Faith Radio partners with One Child to offer you the opportunity to sponsor a child living in difficult circumstances in a hard place. Well, when you sponsor a child supplying for their needs, you change a life. And when you change the life of one child, you change the world. Your one child learns that God loves them more than they can imagine and that God's got special plans for their life. Your one child gets help with school and is taught skills like leadership and how to even overcome poverty. Your one child gets nutritious food and vital medical care that can be life-saving. You might not be able to change the world, but you can, in fact, change the life of one child. Meet the kids. Find your child at MyFaithRadio.com. Our brother Nick Pitts is here with us. He's a fellow at the Institute for Global Engagement. You can uh, check out what he's working on at The Briefing, or The Briefing, however you want to pronounce it, .net, thebriefing.net. Nick, let's talk about gambling, particularly sports betting here in the United States, um, and what, as Christians, we might, uh, or how we might approach the conversation and what we might do in terms of those who are addicted, particularly among young people? You know, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. And apparently that we have a lot of our neighbors that don't know when to walk away, but are rather walking to the ta- uh, the tables. This year, 73 and a half in America said they planned on betting on an NFL game. Apparently, Nick, you... You just went. You just went pretty quiet there for just a second. So I don't know if you turned oh. away from your mic, but um, can you just repeat that last sentence? Seven seventy three point five million Americans said they plan to bet on an NFL game this season. That's a sixty percent increase from last year. To put that into perspective, that's almost that's 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 
that's nearly, that's more than 20% of American adults that are planning on betting on uh, NFL game this year. Just a remarkable number of people. That's $3.5 billion in tax revenue. And that's, uh, and what we're seeing though, is it's tied directly towards the number of individuals, this increase that are reporting a gambling addiction. That's increased from 2018 when the Supreme Court uh, began to allow states to decide the sports betting question. That's increased from 30% from 2018 to 2021. We are seeing this exponential increase, this spike in uh, Americans that are gambling. And in turn, we're seeing a lot of our neighbors that probably are living, if not beside us, then on our street that are struggling with an addiction to gambling. Um, this is, this is a serious um, issue. It's debilitating. It's, de- it's literally demoralizing. Um, it, it robs people of future opportunity by stealing the resources that they have now. And a lot of these young people aren't spending their own money. They're actually spending their parents' money. Um, or spending money that is supposed to be um, paying for their schooling. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons that families find out over the Christmas holidays that their kids are not in school. Gambling is actually one of those. Um, talk, talk with us about, you know, as this as the age of gamblers gets younger and younger. Um, like, I, don't, I mean, how do we as a... How do we as a culture? I mean, this is this is another okay. sign that we're like addicted to death. Like we are in a death spiral and for some reason we've fallen in love with darkness and death as a culture. And so we see it on the abortion conversation, we see it on a number of other conversations. We see it here as well. Maybe just talk with us about, you know, like how to directly address the issue particularly with young people we know. Like how do we how do we just say to them like this is going to kill you? Yeah, I when I think about gambling, especially from a, a, a youth perspective, I mean, this this quite literally epitomizes First Timothy 6, right? Uh, uh, the love of money is the root of all evil, right? It's not money's the root of all evil. It's the love of money. And the thrill of gambling provide touches at that very core of that love of money, uh, that, that pursuit after more and more and more. And I, I see gambling very similar to it's in, within that spectrum of what we're seeing was this it's this strong desire to to build a king it's this strong desire for adventure it's this strong desire to build this other kingdom and and it touch you see it played out in video games you see it played out in main character syndrome of tiktok it's this desire to be a part of something and build something greater and i i just It's a very rooted desire that I think is best fulfilled in in following after Jesus and wanting to extend his kingdom rather than build our own, right? Uh, Like you are saying this this strong, because at the very core, it's the root issue of what what can I do to make a name for myself? What can I do to to build, make my identity last past myself. And I think we, the Christians have an opportunity to offer a better story when it comes to the thrill of gambling and say, I've got something that's a far greater thrill and has far greater stakes and, and is, has a far greater reward than simply winning a parlay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that just, it, that like very momentary rush that people get from, you know, winning once 
um, and then that that just sets their affection in a very very negative um, compulsive direction. Um, and so, you know, I was going to encourage you right now if you're getting your dopamine hit by, um, you know, by gambling and the, the very very intermittent periodic victory that you experience there. I'm gonna I'm gonna encourage you to resolve resolve to set that aside, um, and literally turn your face toward the cross every time you are tempted to um, to spend your money on that which is um, absolutely futile, absolutely futile. Um, betting on something that you have no stake in whatsoever in terms of the uh, actual outcome, um, and so you know, and if 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 you are adding your prayers to the bets, then, you know, we got a whole nother spiritual conversation to be having. Um, God actually does not care, does not, is not interested in helping you win the lottery um, or win a sports bet or anything else like that. Like that is, do not seek to co-opt the Lord into that nonsense. Um, well, there you go. That's Carmen's, I don't know. I was going to say Monday morning moralism, but Monday morning moralizing, but it's Tuesday morning. So I don't know. I don't know what that is. No, no. Yeah, you're oh. right on. I mean, you, you watch some of these gambling shows. Like there's, there's one in particular I follow through a podcast network. I, I don't, obviously I'm not betting, but uh, I am, I'm keenly aware of one of these personalities and he opens it up by offering a prayer. And uh, I think it touches oh. on two things. One, one, it's a, it's wanting the prayer component of trying to make a religious piece out of it. And two, there's the community aspect. That's probably what I most, when I press my friends or uh, individuals on the gambling component, ask them why they do it. There is the community aspect. And I, and I always just respond. I, I, it's a very, it's a one, it's a very isolating community. And then, and two is the clear component of if you want to, if you want something that'll build a stronger community, not only does the biblical narrative attest, but social science research clearly attests that there are far greater ways to strengthen a community. Um, and gambling is not one of them. Yeah. Amen. Hey brother. Thank you. So good to be with you, Carmen. So good to be with you. Um, okay. So I don't know between the blue and the Huskies, do you, do you, do you have a, I kind of like, I kind of like the blue. I kind of like the, I kind of like those boys. Just oh, you. Carmen, those hard, are right? cheaters. Yeah. They're cheaters. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Cheaters. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, oh, actually I'm not. I mean, they did, Harbaugh uh, was suspended for three games for it. No, I'm going for the Huskies. Going for Michael Penix Jr. We, well, we got to go. go for that underdog. That will give us something to talk about the next time you're on. Because it will be oh, over yeah. by then. And neither one of us will have any influence. So there you have it. There you have it. <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> that's our brother, Nick Pitts. Um, happy New Year. Uh, happy New Year, man. We totally, we totally love you. Let me, um, let me quickly direct you here to lots of things that are available at MyFaithRadio.com. Um, it's a brand new year. We have all kinds of wonderful opportunities. Maybe you would like to read the Bible together with us. There's still an opportunity to be doing that. And here's something fun. Reading the Bible Together, which is this ongoing faith radio, I'm going to call it a project, um, because lots of us are involved. It's now a radio show. So Reading the Bible Together is now a radio show, and you can listen Sunday afternoons to understand the Bible better and grow in your faith and be encouraged. Uh, My sweet colleague and friend, Angela Smith, is going to walk with us through the book of Mark in the month of January. So um, check that out, Reading the Bible Together at MyFaithRadio.com. Our brother, Luke Moon, is, well, he's scheduled to join us next. Now, here's what we know. He's in Israel, and if he's able to get to a place where he can 
um, get with us. Then he's going to join us next to bring us up to date on what is happening um, literally on the ground. And if not, then we're going to talk about it amongst ourselves. So let's uh, let's lift up a quick um, prayer for connection with Luke Moon. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Our brother Luke Moon is with us again this morning. You can find him at Philos Project, P-H-I-L-O-S, philosproject.org. Good morning, Luke, and uh, Happy New Year. Good morning. Thank you. It's good to be with you in 2024. It is good to be with you in 2024. You are in Israel. I understand that yesterday you were near Gaza. Today you are in the north near the border with Lebanon, uh, maybe give us, um, well, let's do this. You got a word? In a word, how would you describe what you're experiencing? Uh, intense. Intense is the is the word. Uh, you know, when you're down, when you're in the Gaza, what they call the Gaza envelope, which is around the Gaza Strip, uh, you know, I you go to a kibbutz that 70 people were slaughtered in their homes, and, and, uh, I saw a picture that still just, you know, kind of rocks me of, uh, it's, it's a, a man who's, who's, who's dead holding his arms as if he was cradle, cradling a, a baby. The baby's not there in his arms anymore because it had, it was burned so badly that it basically just disappeared. Um, that's, that's the kind of intensity that you see. And then in the North it's, um, you know, it's it's an ongoing, um, you know, conflict up here. Uh, it's not as you know, it's, it's not quite in the news as much as what's going on in Gaza, but it's still, you know, there's there's two soldiers killed every day up here, and it's it's um, it's yeah, it, there's a lot there's a lot of uh, a lot of nerves uh, that are are people are are feeling it. Luke, let's um, <clears throat> let's talk about what is happening with Christians, particularly in Gaza. Um, the language in the Wall Street Journal is the language of extinction. Can you can you talk with us about what yeah. you know about the status of Christians um, in Gaza? Well, before before the war, uh, there was roughly about seven hundred. 750 Christians uh, in Gaza. Um, they they were largely connected with either the Greek Orthodox Church or the Catholic Church. There's also a Baptist Church there, but it wasn't as as big as the other two. Um, and you know, basically, it's people that they they had decided really that they wouldn't. You know, everybody else had left. They were the last ones to leave, in a sense. Um, and yeah, it wouldn't it all surprise me if after this, there are no Christians left, at least no, no, what would be you know, above ground Christians. Um, and, but you know, that's the, that's the, that's what's happened all over the region. I mean, there's a, there's a saying among the is, Islamists, first the Saturday people, then the Sunday people. And that's what's been happening all over the place around here. I mean, in, in, in uh, in, in Iraq, you know, in 1950, there was about 
150,000 Jews and about 5 million Christians in Iraq. Now there are two or three Jews left in Iraq and about 150,000 Christians. And it's it's not like, you know, they they were all killed. They just they they, they were they were encouraged to leave. Um, mm-hmm. you know, through discrimination, through intimidation, through the inability to get a job, to, you know, raise a family safely. Uh, and, and a lot of them just left, they, you know, and that's what you're seeing all across the region. It's what happened, What ha- it's happening in Gaza. And so it's happening also in Bethlehem. I mean, we, I mean, we spoke before about the fact that, you know, in Bethlehem, they, 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 well, it, they can't cancel Christmas, but they canceled their normal Christmas celebration, mostly because there was nothing, there weren't enough, there aren't enough Christians uh, left in Bethlehem to where it would like, it would, that would feel safe enough to show up in Manger Square and, and you know, lead the service in a sense. Um, and that's a, it's quite telling to me. Um, and I, I, it's, 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 it's truly tragic, but there's that verse that comes to mind, uh, you know, unless the seed falls to the earth and, and dies, it cannot grow back a hundredfold. So, you know, maybe it's this, it's, it's a, it, this, this, you know, the form of Christianity that has been practiced in this region for a long time may, may you know, may, may end, but uh, it's, it's the church isn't going to, you know, the case of how shall not prevail against it, right? So there's always going to be a... We're going to need okay. to reconnect with you. Our connection is um, not, not very stable, and we want to hear what you're saying. So um, you're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. We're talking with Luke Moon. He is in Israel, so we're going to work to reconnect with him during a very brief break. When he talks about the Saturday people and the Sunday people, um, uh, Layla Gilbert wrote an excellent book on the topic, um, Saturday People, Sunday People, Israel, Through the Eyes of a Christian Sojourner. Um, it was published on Christmas Day in 2012. It is um, it's an extraordinary read. Layla is affiliated with the Philos Project, um, and so I I have met her. I trust her voice. She's a, a beautiful um a beautiful person, and she articulates the issues in the region in ways that I think we as Christians um, need to understand. So Saturday People, Sunday People, Israel Through the Eyes of a Christian Sojourner. Layla Gilbert is the author. Um, I, it's a book I highly recommend in terms of understanding what is um, what is happening in uh, in the region. Luke is um, back with us. So, Luke, let's do a little bit of an update in terms of the status of the war. We are reading this morning that Israel is um, in the process of actually withdrawing some troops, some particular units from Gaza, some of them because they have um, fully accomplished their particular mission in Gaza, um, others, hopefully, with the expectation of some major hostage release over the over the coming days, Israel has also said to expect fighting in Gaza to continue throughout 2024. So, um, what what is your sense in terms of a status update um, on the war? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the, what's going on on the ground in Gaza. There, I mean, they've been fighting now for. Uh, it's been almost 90 days since uh, since October 7th, and so they have 
uh, you know, some of the troops need to get refreshed and they, they are swapping them out. Some, some of the areas are, are now, you know, held firmly in the, in the hands of, of Israel, but they're, they, they changed the tactic somewhat, both, both Israel and Hamas, mind you did, uh, in, you know, a, a bit less of the, you know, aerial bombardment and heavy bombardment of the residential areas before the IDF goes in, which unfortunately means that the IDF is is losing more soldiers as a result of that change. Uh, but it also means that there's less uh, infrastructure destruction. Uh, they're still finding lots and lots of tunnels. Uh, the process of destroying those, you know, it, it causes a significant amount of damage in the in the process, and you, they expose how connected they are to the buildings and stuff like that. So it, it, there's a there's a change, but a change in tactic, uh, and there's trying to you know to it you know at the, at the end of the day, Israel has to uh, has to beat uh, Hamas, and that's what they're in the process of working on, and it's going to be a slow process, but that's the only way you, to win. I'm going to do um, one little news item here, Luke, in the middle of our conversation. Um, the U.S. Navy, the U.S. Navy sank three ships tied to the um, Iran-backed Yemeni-based Houthi militants um, after the Houthis targeted a Marsk container ship in the Red Sea this week. Um, it has led... Marsk, which is um, one of the largest shipping companies in the world, to pause all of its operations in the region for a couple of days. Um, helicopters aboard the USS Eisenhower were dispatched following emergency calls from the ship. Um, the U.S. military uh, then, quote, returned fire in self-defense, sinking three of the four small boats, um, U.S. Central Command said in an official statement. Uh, the United States has also launched counterattacks against Iranian-backed militia in Iraq, and you are in northern Israel near the border with Lebanon, um, where you know where another Iranian-backed organization um, seeks to do seeks to do evil as well. Um, the United States is engaged in this. Um, one of the things Thomas Friedman said over the weekend is. This is a genuinely world war. When we come back from a very brief break, Luke, can we talk about that, how the world is engaged in the war in Israel? Yeah, All right. absolutely. That's, that's our plan. We're talking with Luke Moon from the Philos Project. He is in Israel right now. Um, and so we're going to get a sense from him, you know, just what, how the world is engaged in what is happening um, not just with Israel and its war against Hamas, but other actors in the region who are um, backed by Iran. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. What are some of the things that you find hard to believe? Do you find it hard to believe that God hears you? Do you find it hard to believe that God loves you? Do you find it hard to believe that right now God knows how many hairs there are on your head and how many are on your hairbrush? Like, do you sometimes find it hard to believe that God cares about you and the stuff going on in your life right now? My friend Susie Larson wants you to be reminded every single day, every single day, that God is good. Would you like to wake up to the goodness of God? Just text the word good to 877-933-2484. 
888-888-884. Every single day, you'll get encouraging text messages, prayers, and devotions from Susie Larson right on your phone. Just text the word GOOD to 877-933-2484. Connecting Faith to Life, Faith Radio. Our brother Luke Moon is here with us today. You can um, find him and lots of great resources at philosproject.org. Luke, this is, um, this is not just Israel and Hamas. This is not just Israel and its naughty neighbors. Um, this is really uh, Iran and now the world. Can you just talk with us about the, the world nature of what's happening um, in Gaza in particular, but across Israel? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the reality is that this is what's happening with Iran is also happening, you know, with, with the Russians and the Chinese. There's a lot of involvement on that side. But also, you know, the fact that, you know, there are a great number of ships that come through the Red Sea in order to go through the Suez Canal, et cetera. And a lot of them have changed. The, they're going around Africa instead. And that, that just is going to. I mean, just that alone costs us a bunch of money. But it shows that our interconnectedness is not, you know, what happens here doesn't only impact this region, it impacts the whole of the world. It really does. And there are people who think that, oh, you know, America can just, you know, live on its own and and be completely self-sufficient. I mean, it potentially could, but it would take a long, long time to achieve that, especially since we've spent the last, you know, 75 years becoming very integrated with the rest of the world. Yeah, and I think that's, um, you know, that's Thomas Friedman's observation um, over the weekend uh, in terms of the nature of what is happening. Um, you've mentioned China. China has, uh, you know, now, I, they're not even using the word reunification, but that's the word I will use. China says that re- right. the reunification right. of Taiwan is now, quote, inevitable, um, we have a story related to oh, Jimmy Lai that I think um, folks would want to be um, uh, up to up to speed on. Remind us who Jimmy Lai is, and you know, sort of like how how is he one piece in this conversation? You know, as a Christian in relationship to all that's going on, um, it, particularly in relationship to China. Yeah, well, Jimmy was like an advocate for. And for for speaking out against the Chinese, and so it, you know it, it is it's dangerous to see what it is that 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 you know what they have in mind for Taiwan is what they did in Hong Kong, and uh, you know what what happened to Jimmy Lai is testimony to what would happen to millions of Taiwanese who have. You know, who live in freedom, who have lose it all. All right, we um we have lost our connection with Luke. I kind of thought that that might happen. So let's be lifting up Luke. Let's be lifting up other Christians who are in the Middle East right now, seeking to um, enter into and lead conversations. So why don't we just take a moment and pray um, for our brother Luke? Let's pray for other Christians. Um, not only in the Middle East, but around the world, who are seeking to sow peace. Father God, we come before you um, in this season of Christmas. Um, 
we long for the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, to be the pervasive peace of the world, but we also recognize that we have not yet arrived at the day when every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So we recognize as Christians that that is the issue. Like we recognize before your throne of glory, we recognize the issue. We recognize that Jesus is the dividing line in all humanity. We recognize that each and every person, each and every one of us, and each and every person on the earth um, is is either with Christ or against Christ. And so we don't want to be foolish or naive in the midst of the days in which we live. We do ask, Father, that you would, as each and every one of us stands at a crossroads each and every day, we ask that as we stand and as we look and as we ask you to lead us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake, when we ask you where the good way is, that you would reveal it and that you would enable us to walk in it by the power of your spirit. Father, we come before you as people who have given their lives to Jesus. Um, And we want to be able to see the world through his eyes. And we want to be able to serve the world through his spirit. And that means, Father, we want to be ministers of reconciliation and agents of grace in this generation. We need you to show us where to do that today in our own lives where you would have us sow peace in the name of the Prince of Peace before whom we bow in worship today. Amen. Thank you to those of you who have been um, on the text line this morning. If you're, um, if you're new to Mornings with Carmen, um, let me share this particular part of the show with you. We have a text line. It's open all the time. People actively engage in it. Um, And you can as well. 877-933-2484. You could actually save that in your phone. You could save it under Faith Radio. You could save it under Mornings with Carmen. You just save it under, you know, Carmen. Maybe I'm the only Carmen in your phone. Maybe I should be. Maybe I'm not. You want to introduce me to the other Carmen. You want to share with that Carmen that you listen to this Carmen and we could all get together. That'd be awesome. 877 Nine three three two four eight four is the text line number. You can use it for lots of things, and um, like I invite you all the time to you know check in on the text line for various and sundry things. So um, one one thing that I'm just going to encourage you to consider is you could text the word good G O O D. You could text the word good to eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. Um. Susie Larson, my beautiful, wonderful colleague, is going to send you back a series of text messages um, pointing you to Jesus. Jesus wants to lead you this year, and he wants to lead you on a path of healing and restoration to wholeness. And so when you text the word good, G-O-O-D, good, to 877-933-2484, Susie is going to read to you. She's going to pray with you. She's going to encourage you for the next month. So if you want to get a good start to this new year, text the word good to 877-933-2484 and just, you know, get into the good life um, with my beautiful, wonderful friend and colleague, Susie Larson. Now, um, 2024, 
New Year. New you? So New Year, yes. New you, question mark, right? What does it mean to follow Jesus in the year of our Lord 2024? Have you thought about 2024 as the year of the Lord? And have you thought about it as the year of the Lord's favor? How does following King Jesus influence how we live in the midst of the kingdoms of this world? Like genuinely, really, step by step, day by day. In the next hour, we're going to get our discipleship plan together for the new year. Um, We're going to talk about the new you in the new year and what it means to actively follow Jesus in the year of our Lord, in the year of the Lord's favor, 2024. Some of you have just come to Jesus in 2023, and you don't really have an active discipleship plan yet. Some of you have been um, with Jesus for a really long time, but you, you need a new activated discipleship plan for this new year. You really do want to be renewed. Well, let's have that conversation next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen, and this is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.